Hello and welcome to the latest edition of View from the Loch. I'm absolutely delighted to introduce to you today a guest we've wanted to come on the show for quite a long time, uh, and that is tour caddy Craig Connolly. Craig, you're very, very welcome. Thanks, uh, thanks, Will. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, listen, we'll track you down and uh, have to say that at the moment uh, you're, you're caddying for Martin Kamer, who's currently playing on the Live Tour. You have a bit I of a relationship with Martin. Say that again, sorry. You have a bit of a relationship with Martin. A relationship? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what are we, 2023, and I started working with him in 2010. Yeah. So, you know, we're 13 years, uh, we've worked together, and it's not been consecutive years, there's been a couple of sabbaticals along the way, but um, yeah, we go back a long way um, to when he was, I think he was 20, what was that, 2010? He was only 24 when I picked the bag up. Well, 25, he must have been, he was 25. He was 25 right. when he was one, when his first major. So 25 he was. So he was a young lad and the two of us have grown older. Well, one <laughs> of us has grown older gracefully, the other's just matured into a fat blob. <laughs> but you've got look there's a fascinating story Craig we have to say Craig was a caddy at Loch Lomond Golf Club so uh, and there's a fascinating story about how you got sort of alleviated in uh, under the spotlight um, when the Soheim Cup was being played at Loch Lomond in 2000 uh, Trish Johnson's caddy I don't know what happened but she needed a caddy and you you stepped forward <laughs> well yeah. If it was just as simple as that, her for whatever reason, um, oh, do you know what? Are we? We're, we're twenty odd years down the line, and um, I think for whatever reason, I think her caddy was uh, Trish was a funny one because she she went through caddies and she used different caddies at different times, um, and I think the caddy that she had, I think. I'm not too sure. I don't know if he went to look for a job elsewhere or he didn't know because Trish could change her mind at any time. Long story short, you're right. He ended up not working for her and I stepped in. So, and for me, you know, that was 2000 and I'd carried there. I carried obviously at Loch Lomond there from, I'm not sure if it was 93, maybe 93, possibly 94. Basically when it first, when it first, when uh, Lyle Anderson first bought it and he started yeah. developing it. And they had the kit. He started the carry program. So from the very first, I'm um, really since the the carry program started, and then I left uh, in what '96 to I'm going to say pursue a career in carrying. But I I I left Loch Lomond. Well, actually, I had stopped carrying and was part of the service staff team, which was at the time it was it was great. You were doing all sorts of jobs everywhere. The, you know, you had the, the showguns at the time, you, you drove around the perimeter making sure everything was all right, but basically going to a quiet spot on the golf course and not coming back for a couple of hours. <laughs> I don't think you'd be too happy, hey, Bill, I don't think you'd be too happy with that, you know, cameras everywhere, where are those little so-and-sos? But all these things back then were, were uh, there was no... Uh, there was no mobile phones to keep a tab on you, so um, it, it was a great place, it, was a, it really was, you know, and I go back to... Uh, a good friend of mine, and obviously Hugh Marr that used to work there was an assistant mm. for a long time. Um, Hugh and I still pretty close. Uh, so uh, yeah, it, it was a fantastic place. And then obviously to get the chance to carry at Loch Lomond in two thousand was was it was it was quite surreal to be honest. Um, and one that was to have my family and friends there. And at the time, it was by far the biggest tournament I'd ever carried in. Obviously, very lucky to carry it. Um, a few ladies' U.S. Opens, which is the probably the biggest event in, in, in women's golf. Uh, it may have changed now, but back then that was the, the one that carried the most weight, the most prize money, uh, the biggest crowds. But then the Solheim Cup's a different level. Um, yeah. And to have friends, family, and obviously I was in 2002, I was only 22 uh, back then. So that was, that was, uh, it, it, it was, it was everything and more that, that, that I could have, have, have dreamed of. So it, it was, it was great. I mean, uh, great, great to get that. And and did uh, Trish Winner? I mean, Europeans won. Did Trish Winner matches? No, she lost. Um, she lost to Dotty Paper, well, and I think that was more mental than anything else. I think Dotty was a nemesis, and don't walk in And anybody that's listened to this that that watches the golf on Sky and 
um, would hear Dottie commentate for CBS, um, and I'm sure she'll, she'll be at the Masters this year. Um, Dottie is what a competitor she was. Um, never gave, didn't give, didn't give you an inch. Um, uh, and I think there was some history that went back way before my time with with, uh, with Dotty and Trish golf golfing and golfing terms, you know. So hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure. I think she. I think we get beat on the seventeenth. I'm I'm on, I'm not too sure about that. I need to look that up. Right. Well, I mean, still, I mean, an amazing, an amazing introduction, if you like. So you mentioned Hugh Barr, and who was caddy master at at Loch Lomond, or no, certainly he was, he was an assistant pro. Assistant um, pro, right? Okay. Okay. Pro, uh, working under Colin Campbell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously, this was all. This was all. Um, there may only be one guy that can tell the stories, and that's that's Donald. You know, um, <laughs> Donald, Donald. So um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, so Hugh, so Hugh basically went to Wisley. Uh, Donald tells me so. He went to Wisley, and uh, that's where Paul Casey was practicing with a few others, uh, you know, uh, of that summer ilk. And uh, Paul um, jettisoned his caddy uh, and was looking for a caddy. And Hugh recommended you. So the next thing you've gone from Solheim Cup. This is pre Ryder Cup, isn't that right, Craig? When you talk about pre-Rider Cup, we are talking about the weeks before it. We're not talking about yeah. years before it or months before it. We're talking yeah. about weeks before it. Yeah, and there was a whole group of uh, members at the Wesley that you know we're all still we're all still in a, involved in a in a group chat. So um, over twenty years ago, um, yeah, it was, it was actually Hughes Stag Weekend in Isla, and the, the tournament was going on. The Scottish Open was at Loch Lomond, yeah. and Paul had missed the cut. And I think Paul Paul was obviously Paul and I are the same age, so we would have been twenty. I'd have been twenty seven. Paul Paul's birthday would have been coming up later on that week, so Paul was only twenty six at the time. And uh, for whatever reason, Paul was going through management problems or whatever. And the boys at the Wesley said, "Listen, we're in, we're on Isla." Drive down to Stranraer, get the ferry across, whatever it was, wherever you would drove to get the ferry. So anyway, long story short, Paul came across. We played golf. We played midnight golf uh, on Isla. Um, loads of drink. And it was basically a way to for Paul to relax before. Because missing the cut at Loch Lomond back in those days was huge um, mm. for your Ryder Cup, regarding Ryder Cup points. So Paul was a bit down. Boys told us to come over, have a bit of fun, let your hair down. Or what hair he had left? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that in, and uh, yeah. hopefully he's not listening. Um, <laughs> and then that's and I just came off like a twelve-week trip in the US, uh, and didn't really want to talk about golf too much. It was just it was just a great time. Um, and then so they get Paul in a great frame of mind, and he went out. He went back across the Troon. And I think he laid after the first day. He shot five under the first round, and uh, I think all the boys are quite happy with their their, their part in, in Paul's preparation. Uh, but I, I don't think I don't know how he ended up anyway. So I think a couple of weeks had passed. I went down to Sunningdale to carry the ladies' British Open. Met up with the guys again, and then it was said to me, "Listen, Paul's going through trouble with his carry at the time. Who was Ken Conboy, who is now a good friend of mine." Yeah. Um, the the weeks leading up, the weeks after this happened, probably he could have he 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 could have gave me a right doing, you know, for basically which was perceived as stealing his job. Um, and certainly looks that way from the outside looking in. Uh, so I went I went to the BMW International in Munich, which is still on the calendar. Uh, and Paul's finished third. I think he was guaranteed his spot on the team anyway, but he solidified the team by finishing third. Um, and the next, so we said our goodbyes at, at Munich Airport. I went my way, he went his. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought that it was just a, those guys had been working so hard and were, things, the pressure was getting on top of Paul and mm -hmm. he just needed some release. Um, and me just stepping in for a week and that was pretty much it. So I went off to Tulsa, Oklahoma Um and I got a phone call on the Wednesday night asking me with a carry for Paul after the Ryder Cup. And I spoke to some of my my, my, my peers. They're like, 
I'm not too sure. I've got this job. We I was working for Helen Alfredson at the time. I've got this job. And they're like, are you sick? You've got a chance to go and caddy for Paul Casey, one of the you know upcoming stars, one of the best players in the world. Don't be so silly. Go and take it. So I was right, okay. And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, how do I tell Helen this? That maybe I, the week after next, I'm not going to work for her. So but anyway, we go about our business. I think we'd actually do well in, in, in the tournament in Tulsa. But in the Saturday night, I get another phone call saying, uh, in fact, it wasn't Saturday, it was Sunday. It was Sunday. Obviously, with the time difference, they were in Germany playing in Stuttgart. I write a phone call saying, listen, uh, Paul's just fired his caddy. Uh, get your ass to Detroit, to Oakland Hills. And I went out that I went out that afternoon thinking, what am I going to do? And uh, the next day, I get a I get a flight. It was funny because the next day, finished the tournament. The next the Monday morning, we all we're all at Tulsa Airport, and there's a, a plane going to a charter plane going to Portland, Oregon, which was the next tournament was in the LPGA, yeah. and I was going to Minneapolis to connect to Detroit, and. The whole basically the whole of the tour, which looked seemed like the whole of the tour were at, at this gate, and they applauded me walking in because I was going to the Ryder Cup, and uh, and that was me. I, I went to Detroit, not knowing anybody. I'd met maybe two or three of the guys in Munich, you know, the month before, mm-hmm. but again, I had no idea what to expect, and I ended up wearing Ken Conboy's clothes for the week, which was <laughs> just too big for me. But I mean. It was a baptism of fire because in the singles we ended up playing Tiger and uh, I'd never, I remember, I, I can't remember if it was the 12th or the 13th, it was a bunker, it was a par five and I'm down in the bunker and I'm, Paul's had it into the bunker in two and Tiger's drained this eagle putt and I'm in the bunker, raking the bunker and I can feel the ground vibrate. So um, I'd never experienced anything like that. I think I was so near, I had a bit of, at the start of the day, I had a bit of gum in my mouth and I was chewing it and it had, it had lost its elasticity hmm. and it broke up in my mouth and I'm and I'm standing in the first heat, I need water, I need water and I'm picking the gum out the, the, my, off my palate, I'm picking the gum <laughs> off my mouth and it, because I was so nervous. Um, but I mean, but I mean that's, I, a, that's a hell of a story, Craig. I, I mean, it, it, it's it's almost it is surreal and it's incredible and you know you're going you think you have no you have no vision of obviously you, you want to carry you you want to carry in the best tournaments you want to carry for the best player yeah we wanted to carry for Tiger Woods or, or whoever else that is you know and you just it's nothing more than a dream or even if it's a thought. And they hear it, and here we are, you know, a week later. I'm, I'm arguably, you know, um, obviously that week it's the biggest sport event in the world. It's arguably one of the, the biggest sport events in the world. Um, and I remember walking off the Saturday, the Saturday afternoon. Um, Paul only played one match, and that was in the Saturday morning. They get a great victory with, with David Hill. And yeah. uh, Clark, he said that watching that, because it's a right good old scrap. And Clark, he was going out. Darren Clark said he was going out. And he was watching the TV just before he went out to play the afternoon. He said, getting that point drove us on. And I think Paul took a lot of confidence from that. And so did David Hill. But they sat out the afternoon. And I remember walking off the 16th tee. And I was walking off the 16th tee, watching the, the final group. And I, I said to one of the boys, you want a, a bottle of water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went back and grabbed a couple of bottles of water. Closed the fridge. And then walked up and there was just a mass of people walking in the fairway and around the 16th green and the 17th tee. And you can see the 18th beyond. And I'm I'm, I'm thinking, wow, wow, yeah. this is, you are, you are at the Ryder Cup, you know, only two years. I remember the, the, the two years before that, I was, I was in, I think I was in San Francisco, uh, just on holiday, just watching it on the television, and here you are, actually being part of it. So yeah, an incredible baptism for me, um, and one that started. I mean, that was the start of an, an amazing journey, and still on that journey. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so I, I think people will be screaming at me to say, okay, so you're walking beside Tiger Woods. Uh, and uh, what did you pick up, learn? Was it as hugely as impressive as it appears to be for all of us? You were there, you were yards from him, whatever. What did, what did you see? What did you pick up? What was your thoughts? I think initially you're... You're standing on that first tee, and I told you there I was nervous, bricking yeah. it, shitting, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, but once once you walk off the tee, you know you 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 can only you're not in control of anything. You're not in control. You're not even in control of your player. You're trying to keep him. You know, but at the end of the day, he's the one that's hitting the shots, and you can't control his emotions. You can't get people may say you can probably try and get in his head, but you you can't you can't tell how someone's what they're feeling inside their head so um you just can't all you're doing is your job you're just going about your business and i was it tiger wasn't tiger was there for the beating make no mistake about it he was there to be taken down and paul just couldn't execute the shots um because tiger was hitting it all over the place um, right but his his bounds are i mean how he can recover for some of the places was phenomenal. And it's everything that you saw on television. You're thinking, well, yeah, well, God, he got lucky there, he got lucky there. But in an actual fact, he's standing on the tee, hitting it where he hits it, and then just going about his business and nothing, nothing phased him. And that's hmm. the one thing I got from it is that he just, it's, Bill, it's cliched, and as cliched as it is, it is all about that one shot at a time and what, what's in front of you right now. That's the only thing you can control. Hmm. Uh, and years later, I remember being in uh, Akron, Ohio, and at the World Series of Golf, and we were paired with Tiger in the last group. Stuart Sink, Paul Casey, and Tiger Woods. Myself, Stevie Williams, and Frank, who carries for Stuart Sink, and it was it was basically counting the swooshes. There have been thousands, thousands of swooshes. Nike Group, um, and I remember I remember being on the 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 fourteenth, and Paul's asked me. He hadn't asked me to read the pot. He's like clicking his fingers as he always did. <laughs> He's, what are you doing? I said, What do you mean what we're doing? I said, I'm watching Tiger. What are you watching him for? I said, You might want to have a fucking look at him. And watch what he's doing, because that's when I first noticed. It. I didn't notice it, you know, the, four years before that. But the way he stopped it, he stopped a putt from well, three hundred and sixty degrees. Stopped a putt, and his eyes never wandered. He, a lot of times, guys will look at the putt from behind the hole, get up, look at the birds in the trees, pick somebody out in the crowd. Just their eyes will wander. But Tiger stopped that putt, and I was amazed. And he holds the putt, and it must have been, you know, a 15, 20-footer. Hmm. And he goes, well, what are you watching him for? And I says, well, I'm trying to learn something, and you might want to do the same, you know? And that, that, was, that was Paul and I's relationship, so um, <laughs> I don't think he was best pleased. But he had a chance to win, and, and Akron was a really, a, a really tough, tough golf course. So he, 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 he made a couple of bogeys, but it was... You know, you put it, you miss the fairway, you're arguably you're going to make bogey. But anyway, that was the, that's the nothing phase, Tiger. And looking back on it, Tiger got off on everybody being there for him, you mm -hmm. know. And that really is true. That's mm -hmm. put on a show. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the one thing, that's the one thing that, and obviously played with Tiger numerous times, very, very fortunate. And I was caring for Paul and Monte and Martin. When we got to majors or got to WGCs, we were often paired with them. And that right. was great. That was great. But the one that sticks out for me is obviously the Ryder Cup was the baptism and just how he went about his business. But that Akron in 2008, or it could have been 2009, I can't remember, is just watching him stop the putts. Hmm. And it was it was coming down to crunch time. Stuart Sink, I think Paul had just lost the lead. Stuart Sink was in the lead. Tiger was behind, and this was this was when Tiger was just about to just click it into gear, you know. And that that's the he was just an, an amazing 
person and athlete to be around and his pomp and very, you know, n- now that we're not going to see it, obviously he's playing the Masters this week. Yeah. And we'll never see the like of him again. Um, or certainly, I don't foresee it and in, in, in for the time that I've got left, Caddy, uh, someone that's going to dominate as much as he did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it's hard to put into words. I mean, the, amazing thing, the amazing thing that you were there, and I think it's a good summing up, Craig. You know, that sort of he fed off the crowd. You know, for some it's intimidating, for others it's a huge boost, uh, and and they can ride the crest of a wave. Uh, but you know, he had the armory to back it up, obviously. But it's that sort of steely. Um, you know, you, you described it really well. How stuck in the putts, that kind of steely determination. Uh, you know, with with all the ability in the world, uh, and feeding off the crowd, and knowing that they were there to see you, or that's what's in your head. That's a pretty powerful sort of combination, isn't it? Of things, factors. It, it sure is, and you know, the I used to obviously people. Some I think a, a lot of people make shy away from playing with Tiger. But the one good thing about playing with Tiger in the first couple of rounds is that, you know, you can ease yourself into tournaments. And before before too long, the tournaments get away from you because you're just going about, you're just settling into tournaments. When you're paired with Tiger Woods, you're in the golf tournament from that first shot. You know, you, because he, certainly when we were paired with him, he was the man to beat. So if you could stay, if you could go toe-to-toe with Tiger in those first couple of rounds, then you had every chance. And that, that's the thing I got for it, and the thing that I tried to to, to, to say to people was that you're, from that very first tee shot, you are in the tournament, and the tournament starts here. And obviously, it does start there, but um, it could take you, you know, 36 holes to get in a golf tournament. But when you're paired with Tiger Woods, you're in that golf tournament from the first hole. Mm, that's it's interesting. I mean, the, the relationship between a caddy uh, and, and a player is fascinating. And maybe there's more comment about it these days. Um, you know, Rory Harry, uh, for example, um, you know, and they go back uh, a long way and be, best buds. There's sort of a lot of conversation about that. But Terry Mundy, who you'll know, uh, Ian Poulter's caddy, I don't know if he still is, but he said when you won the caddy of the year, uh, was it 2014 or something like that? Uh, you have to adapt to your player's personality, uh, which you've landed, um, and that is key. You have to adapt to their personality. Is that true? Would you would you say, Craig? Yeah, Craig Connolly. I adapted I to. Told, I told Monty. him that. I told Did him you? that. Anyone who's saying that he got that from me, absolutely. hundred percent, though. hundred percent. Um, you have to remove your ego from from the the situation because I've seen it all too often where caddies who have have carried for a, a certain player and carried for a certain way have tried to carry that way for that person. Um, you cannot you cannot dictate to someone this is how you carry. Hmm. The player dictates to you what they want. Now. From the from the first my first you know first time carry for Martin to how I carry for Martin now is very very different. You would almost say that I do, you know, I do very little. Um, but it's knowing when to step in, when to say something, and when not to say something. And I think golfers today are they're too well rounded. You know, they've got too much in their armoury. They've read the books. They've sat in class. They've watched the greatest of all, Tiger Woods, and and you know, they've 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 there's so much there's so much access to to players. Maybe not in a way where you can get a one on one with them, but in terms of uh, what is said about them and their their um their demeanors uh so the 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 today's golfer are way i don't think there is um what's the word i'm looking for here they're not as flippant you know they're not as quick to judge 
or as quick to to say um, you're fired. Um, mm. They'll give you a chance. Uh, they're but getting back to uh, what makes a good caddy or how do you go about being a caddy or a good caddy is is getting to know your player and getting to know what makes them tick. Um, there might be some things that you don't like what they do, but if you don't like it and it's not for you, then you, you don't do the job. Um, but you don't need so to. So you do would it. say you would say, Craig, that when when we watch the TV, that uh, in general these days the the player is pretty close to the caddy. Uh, they, they generally the caddy has the um, sort of personality that's required for the job. That That's generally what we're seeing as golf fans of the pairings of a caddy and a, a, and a player. Yeah, I think, and you're seeing, you know, you referred to, to, to Harry and Rory, you know, yeah. those, go back to, those two go back to one of their best mates. Yeah. So, um, and there's a, there's, there's a, there's, I don't know now, there seems to be more of that nowadays. Mm. Uh, and that will test a friendship. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I don't know if Harry had to be had to be coaxed into to carry for Rory because obviously he sees he he must have saw the scrutiny that that JP was under when things don't go well. That you know mm. Carry doesn't this Carry doesn't own that. But you're never you're never privy to the conversation that's that, that's you don't hear it. You might hear you know little tidbits. That a microphone might pick up, but you don't know the conversation. That's why I never judge any other caddy. You know, you know, he can't. He, he does. He's a yes man, or he's this, or he's that. Um, it's funny. I get called uh, um, a guy because I'm called the wee man. Yeah, the guy, a guy called me the yes man. <laughs> uh, French, so uh, I says, well, maybe if I if I say yes, then 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 Martin's always right. So, um, but you're never you're never you're never privy to the unless you are there, you don't know what's been said, you know. So, but you've got to, I I know that there's certain things that I can't that I can't say. For example, Martin laying up in a par five. You know, he's he, he pretty much said before you say it. I'm not, I'm not doing it, Craig. Just go away, you know. But deep down, you know that perhaps that lane up should be the best option because let's get it inside 90, 90 yards and throw it in there to, you know, give yourself at least a ten foot pot or something, rather than hitting, hitting it to. A, a, if you don't, if you don't hit the the green, you can the up and downs is a bit tricky, you know. There's no guarantee. So, I mean, you, you, Craig, you said you have a different relationship with Martin these days. I mean, you won. Martin won the players at Sawgrass in the US Open uh, with you on the bag. Um, so was that more of a feisty relationship? I mean, what can you recall? No, that's, that's the thing. I'd say that the feisty relationship was Paul Casey with Martin. Right. Martin's, you know, he's non-confrontational. Uh, you know, um he takes responsibility, you know, he'll take responsibility for, 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 he knows what he wants to do. He's not going to back out of a shot. You know, he, he, he'll, he'll see the target. He, he'll see the flag and he'll go for it, you know, and whether you come up short or long, then, then he can deal with that. Um, but no, not at all with Martin. It's, Martin was very, very easy going. Um, and there was no, there was no mind games with him. Uh, you were just tasked to do the job that you were paid to do, carry the bag, give the numbers, and answer when asked. And that's the, you know, there was there was no, as I said, there was there was no mind games, you know. Well, I've got I've got to, I've got to ask this. I mean, he sank the winning putt in Medina. Um, I mean, did you help him read the putt? No, I, I, um, the one thing I. I think I, I did do was that he wanted to hold the putt, the first putt. He wanted to hold the first putt. He wanted to make the birdie, and that's a game done. So that's it. 
So I remember he hit a, he hit a good shot into the green um, from the bunker, the, the fairway bunker, and he was off and running. And I, I went up and I said, whoa, whoa, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Just relax. He said, I need to hold the putt. I said, this guy's leaving to hit his shot here. You've, you've, I think, mate, see, it was 25 foot. You've hit it to 25, 25 feet, Martin. You know, everything's on him now. Everything is on him. That's it. You've done your job. There's nothing you can do. There's no point in you getting up there and wanting to hold a putt. I said, he could hold this. You know, he could hold this second shot. So just, just enjoy the walk up there. I need to hold the putt. So, and then I remember him, I think I went to the back edge of the green and uh, I just assumed that it was going to be, because he's put, he'd been putting well all week, he was just going to roll it down there. And obviously he just, I think people say that he had it too hard. He didn't, he, he didn't hit it high enough. You know, pace was good. If he did it on the right, if he had it on the right line, the pace was great. He just didn't hit it on the right line. Um, and he said that, he said, you know, at, at the last minute adjustment, he goes, oh, no, 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 I won't do it. And he should have aimed for the left. Um, but the second putt, that putt, I think I just looked at the looked at my sleeve where there was obviously the silhouette of Seve. Mm. I'm like, right, now's the time, Seve, if you're there, mate. And uh, yeah, <laughs> he was. Wild celebrations. Like you, you've you've mentioned. Um, I heard you on Five Live, uh, Radio Five Live, BBC Radio Five Live, talking about the crowds. In uh, in America, in the Ryder Cup, I think you were referring to specifically, and that it was a pretty difficult sort of um, situation for the Europeans and those associated with them to, to put up with maybe some of the level of abuse. Is, is that something that that you, you sort of yeah that that was or you reflected upon and thought well maybe maybe it wasn't as bad as what I thought? No, it was atrocious, vulgar, disgusting. <laughs> Everything that you'd expect at maybe a certain football match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're referring to, this, this goes out in GNN in Washington. Uh, it's a 24-hour uh, radio station, a golf radio station, which is brand new. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're referring to sort of uh, Glasgow Rangers and Glasgow Celtic, uh, I think, uh, with that comment, Craig. And me being a Celtic man, if, if you yeah. hear some shouts, then you shout back. But unfortunately, <laughs> you're inside the ropes. You can't, you can't, you can't say anything back. Um, yeah, just, 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 yeah, just inappropriate things being said. And I know we're in a this 2023 where everything has to be so PC, and you know, you everybody's easily offended. Um, by by, listen, don't get me wrong. I wasn't offended that the the, the wee. The wee Glaswegian and me was ready to rock and roll, you know. Um, but you know, and, and some of the things that were that were said to Martin were way inappropriate, and they had nothing to do with where we were or what we were doing. Um, but I, it's funny how that's accepted. Obviously, you're you're going out to 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 a, to a radio station in, in, in the US, and for for all all your US listeners that don't really know um, soccer. Um, I think there's an acceptance of what can be said and what can be shouted at, 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 a, at a sporting event, especially yeah. at, at a soccer match, and we get on with it. But, and that doesn't mean to say that it's right. By abs absolutely, I'm not saying it's right. But you don't expect to hear certain things at a golf tournament. Mm. And a... Uh, they don't do it this, for example, this week at Augusta, you will not hear a thing, you know, yep. because what you get ejected. And I think that they should they should start doing that at, at these events. Though I'm all for the home crowd and getting behind their team, but some of the things that you hear, yeah, just totally inappropriate and not for, yeah. And especially when you hear, you look around and you see kids and all that, you know, and then that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's not right. But the answer that the best way, Bill, the answer that yeah. the best way, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, um, that's that's uh, absolutely so. I mean, uh, and did it affect Martin? Did you see it affect Martin, or was he just cool, calm, collected? No, he's pretty, no, Ma Martin, Martin knows it affects me because I'm yeah. like, did you hear that? I'm, you know, <laughs> hold me back, Gaffer, hold me back, hold me back. Um, <laughs> but uh, and 
to be honest, never really heard it at, so that was 2012, 14, 16 was the last Ryder Cup that I was, that I was at in the US and didn't really hear it much in the at Hazel team because right. they were winning. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, some. In fact, that's that is a lie. I, I actually, um, I, I didn't, I didn't hear the nonsense that I heard, but I did get a guy, or I wanted a guy ejected because he was putting me off. Uh, I was trying to pay something off, and he kept shouting and saying something, and he was about six foot six, six foot eight or something, and the little angry glass region of me had to go arm and he says what did you say and i said you fucking heard me didn't you you heard me you you, you know exactly what i called you you know and he goes you can't and i says well shut up you know so <laughs> uh, and then we down you know and then and then and then the next and then we're walking along the next hole and then sergio somebody was at, on it sergio and then obviously you're just getting people removed but um yeah yeah the guy put me i had the last word which was Aye. Which was maybe it was wrong, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. We're at Ferry, sort of, we're Celts, so you know, we have that, we have that in us. Um, so I mean, I've got to say, uh, because I know people want to know, uh, and hopefully you you will have a, a good view on this. But Martin is now on the live tour. Uh, Craig, it's probably the biggest thing to happen in golf for a very long time. Uh, lots have been written about it. Um, and lots have been said about it. Some stuff, obviously, you just rule out, uh, uh, you know, and, and it's jealousy, maybe, or or whatever. How do you view live? Martin's very much down the line of more time with my family. Uh, you know, the terms and conditions were great. I wasn't enjoying maybe where the PGA was going with the choice of, uh, and even European Tour choice of maybe some of the golf courses. I feel relaxed about it. You know, so why not? So, what's your, what's your view on, on on live, Craig? Yeah, I think, as you say the other day there as well. You know, there's people have made the forty eight players that are playing with live um, have made decisions that are different from each other. You know, they've they've not made the decision. Um, not everybody's made the, the decision for the same reasons. We can obviously, we obviously hear and read about Phil making mm. the decision. Um, DJ has been the same as Martin, and he's done. He's he's been so quiet. He he's done everything quietly. He resigned his membership. Okay, if that's your, if that's the way you're playing it, I'll resign my membership. No problem. No problem. A lot of the guys have, are wanting their cake and eating it. Um, or maybe that's wrong because it's not. Because the difference between... For me, the DP world or European Tour, call it whatever you want to call it, don't really... Have, for me, this is me, this is only my you know, opinion, is that they let guys go to the PGA Tour and cherry pick their best event for years. So that's that's the one thing. That's the only gripe I've got. The PGA Tour have always defended them, their boys, have defended their members. Um, they've made it harder for for the European Tour boys to play. You had to play so many events. You know, you had to do this, had to do that. Um, so the PGA Tour is the PGA Tour, and I mean an amazing product. And look at look at it now. It's amazing how they were sitting all that. I mean, what what were they going to do with all that money? You know, <laughs> Quite. I mean, it was. I mean, and you know, you hear a lot of the guys talk about it, and guys that aren't even on live. You know, what were they going to do with the money? What was the money for? Was it for a rainy day? Well, we had that rainy day in COVID, and the tour still did okay. So, um, and all of a sudden, the best players. I'm not going to say the best players in the world, because that's another debate about world rankings we going to be so much you know it's going to be so much more difficult for european and non pga tour members to play in majors mm. and, and world golf championship events if they in fact do exist so they're elevated events anyway yeah martin's decision um i think it was a no-brainer you know coming up for 30 it was almost it was 38 in december um first child was born in january Married, 
at 30, you know, at, at 37. Um, so Martin's like, and Martin didn't have a tour card as well, you know. It was hmm. difficult for Martin relying on invites uh, and past, you know, he was he was looking for his, you know, his past achievements to get into golf tournaments, and that's not the way that you want to you you want to play golf. You want to be in golf. You want to be there on merit. Argue, you know, you could argue that what you've done in the past does merit you playing in in, in events. But um, he was, yeah, effectively looking for handouts, and that's no way to 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 work a schedule. The mm -hmm. European Tour at the start of the year, if you take away the Middle East tournaments. It's a bit scrappy and patchy. Going to, as you just mentioned, some of the golf courses I go to, uh, the prize ones aren't great. Um, so for Martin, it was a no-brainer. The prize money, you know, the deal that was... I don't know what he was offered. But um, did you see that there, Bill? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, know what he, I don't know what he was offered. Yeah. Um, but... You know the the chance to spend more time at home, less time on the golf course, and they say that, and they, that get thrown back at them because they wanted to play in more events. Yeah, they do. You want to play ten events is nowhere near enough. Twelve events isn't enough. Um, I don't know what Tiger played in his pomp, but it must have been somewhere close to between sixteen and eighty, uh, sixteen and twenty events. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's what you want to do. Um, and the boys that play on the European tour. Sorry if I'm offending anybody, but I'm not calling it the DP World Tour, but the boys that, that play in the European Tour have earned that right to cherry-pick the events they want to play in. Mm -hmm. um, as far as I'm concerned, they've done nothing wrong because they wanted to support the Tour. Um, they wanted to play Live Tour, play the 10 events, which I don't know if whatever however many events that first hand it was 10 to 12 events, play those and then top that up with, with playing... Um, Martin would always play the French Open, Scottish Open, Irish Open, these tournaments in Germany and mm. the Dunhill. Now, mm. those are more events than you could say that other top European tour players would play. So, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, for me, it was you take the PGA Tour out of it because they've always protected, they've always made it difficult for non Americans to play in the tour. Um, not difficult, but they've had the rules regarding sure. that. Um, but for the European tour not to or to kind of align with the PGA tour, and they're not really getting much for it right now. But then again, that's a different debate as well, you know, with the, the strategic alliance. Guys are missing out on, you know, WGCs and and the majors. So. Um, yeah, something is, needs to is there, Craig, is there friction? Is there friction? You know, I'm, uh, I, I'm reading stuff between players, but I'm reading stuff that, you know, Kepka was out with Rory and, and, and JT and that's all good and, you know, and, and, and whatever. Is there friction between players? Well, I spoke to Martin last week and Martin obviously practices at the Bears Club in, in, in Palm Beach where he lives and he's talking to Fitzy, he's talking to Rory. These are people that have been friends of his for a long time, and he says, he says that it's just as you wear. Um, Rory's going to say what he's going to say because, you know, he's backing his his horse. Um, yeah. But from what I gather, no, everything seems to be because we haven't we haven't played a regular tour of it since Martin joined Live. We haven't been to the European Tour, and we haven't been to any tournaments in the US. We'll get a, we'll get a, I'll get a feel of that for when I go to the the, the PGA the US PGA mm. and then after that'll be the US Open. Um, hopefully Martin plays the tournament in Hamburg, the European Open in Hamburg, and BMW in Germany in Munich. Sorry, so and then we'll get a, I'll get a feel of it for myself. But um, obviously last year I tell a lie that we played BMW Germany last year. Mm. And nobody had the courage, nobody had the, the guts, or nobody, nobody came up to Martin, nobody came up to anybody else, any other players that had played on live. Nobody had said a word. But yet you read you you read social media postings and you you, you read other 
media outlets. You're like, well, really? He said that, did they? Is that right? Well, they never said that to me. Or they, I certainly never heard it. So um, I don't know about the friction other than what you 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 read on online or, or or in the media so and that's not to say that's you know you see you see me obviously i think brooke uh, brooks pat reading and uh and bubba said it's it's the media but who is the media you know get some very very good good friends that work in media but mm -hmm. what is the media who you know is it the written press? Is it the 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 social media outlets? I don't know, but um, people, some people just take little tidbits and put it out there, and then it's the world we live in today. So, yeah, you having here and speaking to Martin, Martin, obviously being in Palm Beach where a lot of the guys live, it's 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 all right, mate. How you doing? So that's so. Uh, Everything's as is. So, what have you seen in Live that um, you know that, that that you thought, yeah, that's really smart, that's really good, um, and that could apply in the in, in sort of other golf tournaments. I mean, I think one thing is the caddies get well looked after, don't they, Craig? Well, I haven't been out this year, um, yeah. and there's been uh, there, there are some differences this year from 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 last year. I guess last year the red carpet was rolled out for us all, everybody. Yeah. Addy's family, whoever, uh, and it just was, it was night, it, it, you know, when, you, when you're made to feel special, mm. who who doesn't, who doesn't like that, you know, when somebody's looking out for you, um, and, you know, I can only go from, from what I experienced, which was, you know, the whole thing was first class, um, whether it's the future, whether it's, you know, the longevity of it, I don't know, but right now we're, we're just going with it, and, uh, what could apply? I mean, you're you're only you're dealing with forty eight players and forty eight caddies, so everybody can get housed in the in the one room, you know. Uh, we are dining and etc. We can all jump in a car, but when you're dealing with one hundred and fifty six players and caddies and management, and you know, understand things can't be that way. But it is nice, and I'm sure to these elevators, I haven't really, I don't really know what these elevators are going to be. I, I'm unaware of what these elevated events actually are. Is it a seventy-man field? Do you know what it is? No, I don't. I don't. I don't but I'm, I'm sure certain things will be, will be done different. I'm sure these elevated events will cater for players' carries a little differently from how a regular PGA Tour event works. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just been, it's been. Do you know what? It's been nice and different. And whether it lasts or not, I don't know. But last year was one of the best years we've had on a golf course or on a tour and it's nice you know that all the caddies were together um we were away from the players which was great we could <laughs> get up to mischief um, <laughs> so last year last year was really really good to for the for the eight or so events and oh. um, the masters is coming up craig uh this weekend so uh, who's your eye on? Obviously, Martin's injured and he's he's on his way back. Uh, but uh, who's your eye on with regards to the Masters? Do you have a tip for us, someone to look out for? I, I don't think you can... Uh, I don't think you could probably look any further than, than the guys that have been playing well this year. Um, I mean, defending champion, Scottish Scheffler, you know, mm. got... Went almost went all the way in the world match play. Rory did the same. Players champion Scheffler. Um, then you look at the horses for courses. Uh, Spieth loves it round there. Um, you know, if you look at the live players, look at Brooks. You know, Brooks mm -hmm. has been written yeah. off, but he's won twice. That's him won twice in nine events. And as he said, you know, if you win twice in nine events. Anywhere in the world, and doesn't matter what tour you're on, you're you're doing something good. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see who does what. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't really been paying attention to to the to who's obviously I've watched who's I know who's won, but as far as you know, players that have come close in certain events. Uh, 
I really don't think you can see past Scheffler and Rory right now. Mm. Uh, and this could be Rory's time. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Yeah, I, I think I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. But I think Bruce Ke- I think people are interested to see the live boys and to see how well they do and if they're undercooked, you know, as you were sort of alluding to, uh, or uh, if they uh, if they do do well and as Greg Norman says, if one wins and he's quoted as uh, all the live uh, players will be out on the 18th green celebrating, but I think that's well, a tongue-in-cheek. I'm sure that is tongue-in-cheek, and you got to remember that um, unlike live, there's tea times. So if I know any golfer worth their salt, if they're not winning, then they're out. They're packing their bags and they're gone. So, um, wait, so uh, don't get me wrong. I'm hoping that a live player wins, um, mm. you know, just to see what it does for the game. Uh, oh, yeah. my God, it'll be a sensational and a, story. And a, a little bit of vindication as well, you know, because we're talking, you know, some talk that the players are, you know, that they've, they've ruined their lives or their careers or they've, they've, you know, overnight they became bad golfers. The golf courses that we played last year were incredible. Absolutely incredible, and some of the most difficult golf courses that we've that you know that we've played in a long time. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting viewing this next week. And and uh, yeah, we can't wait for it as always, but just seems to be just that little bit extra edge uh, on this one, Craig. Um, Loch Lomond, you know Loch Lomond golf course um, better than most. Should Loch Lomond be on the tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why not a live event? <laughs> we need one up in Scotland, don't we? Why not a live event? <laughs> Anything's four, possible, Craig. Four, four, Bill, 48 players, you know. Um, you, the golf courses, you know, you know, but it, it starts then. It, it's, 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 yeah, it's very accommodating. Yeah, yeah. It's a Scottish Open lesser for not being at Loch Lomond. I mean, it's played on a Lynx, which, you know, we can debate maybe some of the links that are being chosen. Is, is it less of a, of a Scottish Open not being at Loch Lomond, in your opinion? Well, it became, it became a spiritual home for it, didn't it? You know, first, we yeah. had Glen Eagles for such a long time. Yes. And then, it then, and then Loch Lomond became the spiritual home for it, so... You know, I'm I'm going to be biased and say, absolutely. Uh, um, I'm not into one of these. I'm not one of these boys that say that they have. You have to, you know, you have to have an links course because it's great preparation. If you get bad weather the week before mm. on a links course, do you want to do it two weeks in a row? No. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd be all for a little rotation as well. I actually enjoyed it when I went to Dundonald, and obviously I've heard so many great things about what's happened to Dundonald as well. Yeah. So uh, if it even went on a little rotation, um, which I thought it may have done, but mm-hmm. obviously the boys at Renaissance have got the pool with the PGA Tour as well. So um, you know the the more the most important thing is that we have a Scottish Open. Yeah. It sucks for um, it sucks for your regular European Tour Pro, you know, that can get in it, you know, and then they're offered to go on to Truckee, California, which, believe me, is no, yeah, it's no place you want to go for a week. It's too hard to get to. It's too expensive. Mm-hmm. In the middle of nowhere. Uh, we played it the, the, in 2020 in the year of COVID only because we thought that we were supposed to be um, isolating or, or what would you call it again? Um, Aye. Well, well no, um, where, where do you go when you go to you a country for... Quarantine? Quarantine, Jesus, I couldn't think of that. Yeah, quarantine. So we were supposed to quarantine, and then the quarantine get lifted, and then we would get a phone call around Palm Beach to say, listen, quarantine's lifted, you're eligible to play. So we thought, well, why not play? Because we haven't played in such a long time, and it'll be it's a week before the US Open, or whatever whatever it was, PGA. Well, I can't, sorry, I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. Um, but that's what the European Tour players are offered to sit out of the Scottish Open, which is a premier event in the European Tour, 
and they're offered that. So um, that's that's the only gripe I have with it. Um, I'm just thankful that we've got a Scottish Open, um, mm. you know, because we see the, the the Irish Open go. You know, when it, it was a, a Rolex event, then it wasn't. Rory's name was on it, then it wasn't. Prize ones fluctuate, um, mm. but they've managed to salvage a Scottish Open, which is which is the best thing for for Scottish golf. So. Um, just yeah. happy it's on it. Would be happier if it was at Loch Lomond, but even happier if they had a live event at Loch Lomond. <laughs> one last question, Craig, and then you're off on holidays tomorrow and have a good one. One last question. Um, Jim Furick, so that we do, we're back to caddies and their relationships with uh, with players. Uh, it was pretty widely publicised, uh, Jim Furyk, with, with his caddy and maybe, you know, uh, wasn't as generous as what he could be. Was that a, a source of uh, amusement uh, amongst the caddies uh, in a way or did it actually, was it relatively um, a poor thing to happen? I think uh, uh, what you're referring to when he won... The FedEx. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it was the cut for the caddy was uh, was pretty uh, pretty mean. Uh, I yeah. don't have it in front of me, but uh... yeah, yeah. I think if you, I think I know what you're referring to. So, um, yeah, it's not a source of amusement, um, especially to someone like Fluff, who's been around mm -hmm. for years and you know has carried when they were literally, you know, playing for peanuts when a caddy share. The percentage might have been well. The percentage was less, and it was less than than what they're playing for now. So, um, yeah, still a hell of a lot of money that apparently he got. But you know, um, if there's a caddy mouthing off that they've got, they're, 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 they're going to get X amount, and the player goes, "No, you're getting that." Then obviously that's amusing <laughs> because. <laughs> but um, for someone like uh, for fluff. Um, yeah, pretty. Yeah, I I don't know what he was given, uh, and I know that through through the years, caddies haven't had the same amount from their players. But that's yeah. that, that's just. I mean, it's still that's a right. huge change, and you should never think that you're you know you should never think that you should be entitled. You should never feel to be entitled to anything. So, um, you strike that deal if you don't strike the deal before. That final putts hold, then, then you're on to what you're on to. So, um, no, definitely not amusing. Uh, well, Jim, Jim didn't come out of it too good, but I think sort of with the backpedaling and everything, and Fluff didn't exactly go to town in the media as he wouldn't, uh, you know, so it kind of just moved on. But there's yeah, a bit of a stigma. There's a bit of a stigma. Yeah, and the one thing you've got to remember as well is that, you know, you're you're earning a hell of a lot of money doing what we do. Um but to everyone a fluff and even myself, you know, there's 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 tens of guys that don't make a penny carding because mm. it can be tough. And it mm. is tough when your players missing cuts and you you know, especially the cost of living now and the cost of being on the road. The cost of living at home and being on the road is I mean it's astronomical. I mean yeah, you can't get a hotel room for I don't know, under a hundred when I first went to America, if you spent a hundred dollars a night in a hotel, you were it was five star, a hundred dollars a night in a hotel. You know, I think to the places we go, you wouldn't you'd be looking at somewhere between two and three hundred dollars a night for a room and it's it's astronomical. So um I think that's why more and more guys are turning out to or turning on to Airbnb and getting houses sharing the cost. Um mm. but to get back to fluff. Fluff's never going to come out and say, unless he no. was ready to retire and his, he was set up, you're never going to say anything when your guys, you know, guys are making, you know, between three and five million a year. Mm -hmm. uh, that's clear. Your cut of that is, well, it's documented as to what your cut is of that. So that's a great living. So, um, yeah, never really going ten, to say 10%, 10% for most. But of a victory, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Is FedEx, is FedEx a victory or is it a bonus? Who knows? You know, that's the one thing that you must sort out with your player. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I would think, I said. I would think <laughs> it's a victory. 
<laughs> right, Craig. Well, listen, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Um, I mean, do you know, it's been an hour. We're going to do half an hour uh, and it's just gone into an hour. So listen, uh, away you go on holiday. Enjoy yourself, Craig. And we'll see you back at Loch Lomond, I'm sure, you very me, soon. You offered me down for a game, though. That's well, of course, Craig. We wouldn't do without you. <laughs> Are we football? <laughs> <laughs> for 10%. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Craig. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.